morning. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Signal Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher Cheeses. When quality and flavor matter. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. And I'm about all the food all the time. And today's also about wine. Yay! I have J-Books Bam in the house. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, drinking it. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. I now run chopped competitions. Anywhere you want me to go, I'll come and give you a chopped competition. I cater for people for Shabbos, for Yontov, Pesach, Shavuos, all that's coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. Small parties, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting cooking adventures exciting guests, my kosher food traveling and sharing of great ideas and recipes each week. So I want to hear about yours. So email me at naomi at nachamsegel.com. Uh, join my fan page on the Aussie Gourmet on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or join my newsletter through my website. Let's make this a conversation. So if you eat it, buy it, food, shop for food, and you want to let me know, just share with me. I get really excited when I hear from everybody. Um, one thing I do want to share with everyone before I start my crazy hour, because I've got Susie Fishbein on the phone, who's going to join me today to talk about her culinary school that she's starting at camp this summer, Camp Shoshanim and Nesher, and her amazing cookbook that we're going to talk about. But I've also got Jay Booksbaum in the house, who's lining up a whole cellar of wine for us. ZK, we are going to like roll out of here on this very exciting morning. So um, I'd like to uh, just share with everyone, I went to a tasting dinner at Wolf and Lamb last week. Uh, they, they have a new chef there, um, and a, I mean a new menu. Uh, Jemison Pohl is the chef there. His food was unbelievable. I have not actually been to the Wolf and Lamb location. Owner Zalman Wunsch put together a tasting menu, and it was outstanding. So I was really excited to be able to go, and I went with some food friends, and Habit Svi came with me. Uh, so make sure you put that on your list. We were talking last week about getting your spouse or your whoever is doing the cooking, your your spouse, your roommate, your loved one, your children, whoever's doing it for you, pull them out of the kitchen, take them out to eat as a little treat because I think that would be a really nice thing to do. And we said uh, last week I mentioned cork and slice and this week I'm mentioning uh, the amazing wolf and lamb in Brooklyn. I think I know there was also a Manhattan location as well. Uh, maybe for the New Jersey people, the Manhattan location might be easier, but the uh, Brooklyn location was um, lovely and the ambiance was beautiful. So I just want to welcome my friend Susie Fishbein. Hey, Naomi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm like really excited. Pesach is like a week away. It's like insane. <laughs> I hear the adrenaline in your voice. I know. It's crazy, <laughs> right? I, I, I love it. I don't know. Like, you know, I write for different magazines and, and um, Hani Nyman, editor of the Mishpacha magazine, said to me, Naomi, write me a line, two lines about Pesach. And I wrote that I love Pesach. I love the Pesach panic, the adrenaline rush, the preparing for Pesach months in advance and recipe testing. It's so fun. And I, I really like, I feel like it's down to the wine now. So I'm totally Pesach hyper. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I get to leave to the Doral in a couple of days. So I'm excited for all the cooking classes there. But yeah, I, I had to come in and do my show with you. I was like really excited. Excellent. And I know you're super busy now. A new book, like you're last in the series and we got, we got to talk about it and then we'll talk about camp in a little bit. But Excellent. Ha, how do you feel? Uh, very busy, <laughs> doing a ton of uh, cooking shows, some Pesach related, some not Pesach related, some they just want to see things from the new book. Right. Um, but, you know, really uh, on the go. Yeah, yeah. It's It's, you know, now you've... I think I said to, on the radio last week that you had, you had done nine kosher by design and te, the tenth is really the, the kosher palette, the first one, mm -hmm. right? Did I get that right? Right, so right. ten cookbooks. Ten books. How many other authors do you know that have written ten books? <laughs> I don't know. You may be the first in the world. Like, I don't know if Ina Garten's written ten well, or Martha. Ten it's is a been lot. A fabulous, a fabulous experience. I loved it. Ten in ten years? Do I want to say that? 12 no, years? fifteen. Uh, fifteen years. 15 Maybe years. a little longer if you're including the kosher palate. Wow, but that's still. And you had a kid through all of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> in that time, you added <laughs> a boy to the collection of girls. So that's right. Yeah, that's un unbelievable. Uh, you know, you've you've been everywhere, right? I have. I've been in almost every one of the fifty uh, the fifty states. I travel in Europe, um, and uh, I lead a culinary tour of Israel in February. Wow! So that's kind of culminated 
this last book, right? Well, that was that was exactly what the inspiration was for this book. Um, when I work on these culinary tours, I do a lot of preparation in advance of studying and of preparing and um, and preparing classes that I give uh, in the location that we're at. So that became the initial seeds that were planted for this book. And then when I go to the places and I work with the local chefs, I learn a ton. Um, you know, you and I are always talking about how, you know, it's, there's so much learning on the job that happens in this yeah. kind of career with all the people that you're exposed to and you meet and you're always learning and your ears are always open and your palate is, is always open. So um, that was exactly what the inspiration was for this book of being outside of my own kitchen and my own ideas and my own head and being inspired by other people and other places. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful book and the tenth Thank in the you. series. You know, I, I received it, you know, maybe a week before everyone else did and I'm like, I read it I read your books from cover to cover. Like <laughs> like a good novel. Like a like a good novel. It's exactly what it is. It's a a, a novel, it's a culinary journey, it's education. Uh it's like cooking school and I know one book is devoted just to being cooking mm-hmm. school. Cooking coaches exactly like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all the books, every book I learned something and I the first book came out. Uh, the kosher when kosher by design the first one came out. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what, do you remember what year that was? Two thousand and two. Two. Okay, so I was relatively still a newly married. Like you know, I was only married about eight or nine years at the time. And you, I, I always loved food, and I just when it came out, it was like a, a door opener for everyone. I think though your series opened the foodie world up and the cookbook world up. You were the first. Thank this you. Generation. I do love hearing that, and I love meeting people who are a step, um, you know, a few years younger than we are, who really have grown up on this food, who are now in their own kitchens, and you know, really, this was their background, their whole life of the kind of food that they ate and enjoyed, and um, love seeing the stained pages in their mothers' houses, and now are recreating it in their own houses. Right. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting when you've been in this business for this long, um, how many people the food has touched and and been a part of their upbringing, their traditions, their tables, their Shabbos. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Do you have a favorite recipe? Is that like a hard question? I, um, I know yeah, I love every recipe that's in every one of these books. What I love uh, about working for Art School is I never once signed a contract that said, you know, deliver a book that has 120 recipes. When a topic is complete in my mind and the recipes are all fabulous, that's the book. And whether it's 113 or 115, that never mattered. It was if it was great, it went in the book, and if it wasn't, it, it didn't. didn't. So, every, so every there's every not a recipe in any of these books that I feel anyone could open and fail at. I feel like everyone is foolproof, and and each one is really delicious. And I'm not just saying it because it's you, and we're on the air, and everyone's listening. I've never bombed one of your recipes, and I I, I love hearing that, and I do hear never, that all the time. And, and I have that, made that's exactly what I offer as an author is that fail safe and that insurance that you don't have to worry. I'm with you in the kitchen, and you're not gonna you're not gonna end up throwing out your ingredients. No, it's, it's and not every author offers that. I have to true. be honest. You know, I, you hear it all the time that people are disappointed in just how off something was, and clearly not 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 carefully tested. I made something from maybe a year or two ago from Martha Stewart's magazine. It was a homentash and I thought, okay, she must know what she's doing. She's Martha Stewart. She's going into the kosher mm-hmm. baking. So I, I made her chocolate chip homentash recipe. It failed. Okay, I'm a pretty good cook. I know how to bake. I know how to... Right. It didn't work. So I said, okay, I screwed up. Okay, I'm a human being. I made it again. It screwed up. I'm like, there's something wrong. So I actually went to Paula Scheuer's baking book Mm-hmm. And I wanted to compare all her hamantashen recipes because she had a whole series in there. Martha Stewart did not get her bat- her ratios right. I'm huh. not I'm not ranking on her uh, maybe a little. Right. But. No, that that's so, surprising. So you know what? Mm-hmm. That, I was shocked, but it's never happened to me that any of your recipes. You know, I've never had that experience. With everyone has been on the nose, taste wise, and and coming out right you know not everybody's going to like everybody's recipe but you right. know you got the right taste you know whether thank you so it's been a fun ride for the Nachmans and now that my daughter's getting married I want to I call it the Shah series I got that from you you, you have the Shah I heard that at the Wayu's Forum sale right. this year <laughs> so I coined it I'm going to give my daughter the color Shah of the Susie Fishbein series for her bridal shower Shh, don't tell anyone I don't even know when it is but you know how can you go, how can I not send her off into married life with your, without your cookbook so uh yeah. Okay. So, so you let's just talk a little bit about this book in particular, that about Eric and Naomi Goldberg, who have, mm-hmm. who uh, haven't took you on there. You joined up with them on their Italian. Actually, this book is dedicated both to Naomi and Eric Goldberg and Naomi Boutique Tours and the Jewish Journey, who take who who runs my Israel program. Um, 
Eric and Naomi travel the world in the most upscale way, um, in the most, in a way that is such a kiddush Hashem of of really just just being mentions every place they go, being very, very aware that we are Jews in, in other places. Um, I, I've learned so much for, uh, from, from their attitude, even more than f- from being in, their, in the kitchen, you know, through, through them. Um, really, really special people. And they go to the most beautiful places in the world, and they run a culinary program. Um, well, they, they really run a touring program. When I'm there, there's an additional culinary piece, but okay. the, the tours run, you know, without the culinary piece as well. Um, and they take you to see the most exquisite places, and you get to eat local, kosher, incredible food. I love that. Local, kosher. They're my favorite words, right? <laughs> right, Jay, Jay, Jay Booksbam in the house. Uh, he's going to do a little wine series with us. But there's nothing like having... I don't want to go, and I've said this a thousand times on the show. I don't want to go to Paris and eat shawarma. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I want or to go to that you brought in your in your luggage, frozen with you. Right. And I, there's no reason to. Right. Right. And I like that you're teaching us. You know, it's like we went on your trip with you because now we get to make what you made on the trip. And the most exciting part is that so much of what goes on outside of this country is such healthful cooking, and you really can travel the world through a passport of spices. And just in swapping out some of your regular go-to spices for some of these uh, exotic things, it's a completely different result. So I think people are going to find these to be easy, healthful, and just something really different that they're not used to. I love that you have Ras El Hanut in there. Uh, it's yeah. a, I believe, is that a Tunisian blend? Oh my God, Ras right. al-Hanout is an Arabic blend. Arabic blend. In fact, Ras al-Hanout is um, the Arabic words for Rosh Shachanut, the head of the store, because ah. every shopkeeper has their own secret blend of what goes in there. If you go to the Shuk um, and, and buy Ras al-Hanout, each, each spice vendor's version will be slightly different. Oh, that's interesting. So in the book, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, how is yours used? Is it a prepared one or you were making the blend that Susie likes? So actually, Ras Al Hanout is one of the few spice blends that is harder to find in this country, so I did not use it in the book. I never want to give people a project or something that's impossible for them to do. Um, I have so to tell I, you, I, Susie. I, there, there are, there are, there are um, spice blends that are easier to find, like Hawaj and, and Sumac, which is not a blend, but it's a spice. Okay. Are, you know, the more easy to ex- access um, spice blends right. are what you'll find in this book. Things I, that Pereg makes... Um, you know, that you can find in a well-stocked market. or right. it, But if you really are interested in looking at more exotic spices, the, the Spice House in Milwaukee, which has a great online website right. um, and has kosher certification, can get you anything that you're looking for. Right. I, I learned Hawaii from you, and, and, and I use the pair of Hawaii. But my daughter um, is coming home from, she's in her year in Israel, and she's coming home in a couple of months. And I told her, don't leave Israel without going to get Hawaii for soup. Because there's Hawaii for coffee and Hawaii for soup. Right, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's one has, is stronger on the cardamom. So I, the, I, the coffee one. So I want her to bring some back from the shook. Because there's something about the shook. It's the air that changes the spice. <laughs> Susie, my, I, I, can you hear me, Susie? Hi, Jay. How are How you? How you doing? Good to hear your voice. I have to tell you that every time I go to Israel, Brenda gives me a list of spices that you cannot get anywhere else but in... Um, the shuk. In the shuk, right. The machna yehuda. Machna yehuda, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And no, that's, you know, this whole idea that you can, you know, this whole idea that you've, you've got that you can really taste the world through the spices from all over the world is, is right. just amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so Susie, let's talk a little bit about our summer project. Yes, working for New Jersey Y Camps. As we speak, they are building us a state-of-the-art culinary center and i really do mean state of the art Ex- exquisite brand new central aired uh, yes. overhead mirrors uh, exactly as you would envision a culinary center to look we'll be teaching really really teaching a culinary education this is not where your kid is going to come and make brownies and pancakes they're going to going to be getting a uh, really as full of an experience as we can give them in the amount of time that we have with them um, the Susie Culinary, the Susie Fishbein Culinary and Friends uh, lineup includes Naomi Nachman and Paula Scheuer for uh, for the bakers among us. Um, a special guest star of um, Eitan Bernath, who should yep. be a real cutie, showing up for a couple of nights of night activities there, maybe even a chop competition or two. Yeah, we're very um, excited but to I have mean, him. You, you and I, you know, we know we're putting together the curriculum as we speak, and it's. It's incredible what these kids are going to walk away with, especially the ones that participate 
in the entire you know, in its entirety. And what's beautiful about this program that when Susie and I met a couple of weeks ago to plan out stuff, there's not one class that's repeated. Even though, you know, there's a large selection of classes, not one recipe is done twice. We were careful to do that because there might be a kid who just loves doing this or discovers that they love doing this and who wants to sit through the same class twice. So, yes, we made sure, and even something like you would think Hala would go to Paula, I made sure to let her know, I'm covering a yeast class, please keep Hala out of your, you know, your babka day. So even something like that is not going to be repeated. Right. It's, it's an incredible full program from egg cookery, right? We've got that. We've got pasta. Susie's going to be making well, with the kids. My, my days really start with walking into a kitchen and how to set up your space, how to hold a knife, some knife skills, uh, how to saute, how to roast, how to braise, really like the very basic cornerstones of technique. More than recipes, I want these kids to go home with techniques so that it's not just the, oh, I learned nine recipes, but I learned all these techniques and I can now make a lot of things. Um, but then there'll be classes on appetizers on homemade pasta, on um, how to put together a brunch, on homemade pizza, on summer bounty like corn chowder and pesto and bruschetta and a, a whole day of yeast. Um, we're thinking of maybe doing uh, a homemade mozzarella cheese making. Uh, that is so cool. foods, after school snacks. You're covering uh, things like sushi and fish and fish tacos being... Um, you know, your, 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 your love of, of seafood. You're doing a Mexican day, uh, an egg cookery day. I mean, it, it's just what, what parents would pay to attend this right. culinary center. I, I cannot begin to tell you, and I can't begin to tell you how many people go on my fan page and ask me if they can come up even just to wash our dishes, just to be in on it. And then that's not even touching anything that Paul is doing, which includes cookies and cakes and tarts and pies and plated desserts and the Jewish specialties like rugelach and mandel bread and babka and um, really full, full itineraries, you know, where these kids really can go home with some skills. And for the kid who's just mildly interested, they'll go home learning a couple of nice recipes, and that's cool also, you know. You're talking about kids of a very young age. You don't know who you're going to turn on to something, and someone who just might, just might like it and just might enjoy the experience but don't want to make their whole summer about it. Right. Absolutely. You know, let's explain how it works within the camp. So you have to sign up for Nesher or Shoshanim, correct? Yes, you have to be a camper in one of those camps. So make sure you sign up. And you can um, look at NewJerseyYCamps.org, I think. Is that yes. Or dot org, and then you sign up for the camp, and then you get to choose to come to the culinary program within the camp. Exactly. And what and how many and which days um, or all. I think, you know, as long as there's space, the camps will accommodate and really want kids to get as much of it as they want. So exciting. When when Susie called me, I'm like, she goes, can I call you? Like she sent me to, can I call you about an exciting project I'm working on? I'm like, sure. And she told me well, what it I was. Am so and I'm like, about this project. And I think for you, it excites you in the same way it does me because in our previous lives, we were both teachers. So going back to my roots of being in front of a, a classroom of kids, really it wakens something in me that I haven't really thought about in a long time. You know, I hear from my students every now and then, and they're about 30 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine, so mine, mine are also. Think, you know, to be working with teens and, and you know, and that, that age and even a little bit younger, um, I'm really excited by that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an incredible experience. So make sure everyone checks out uh, the website and, and signs up soon because, you know, space in camps do eventually fill up as we get closer and closer to the summer. So make sure you check all that out now. Jo follow Susie on Instagram, Susie Fishbine on her Instagram page. And um, Susie Fishbine's fan page on Facebook. Yes. Um, you've, you've come into the social media world with a bang. <laughs> you started like in a day at 2,000 followers. I'm like, oh, that's so lucky. <laughs> Everybody loves you, Susie, and we're so Thank glad that you. you're uh, getting out more social media-wise so we can keep following you. It's a bit stalkery, but we love you. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so let's, now that it's a week to Pesach and you, are, you probably have the first, one of the first new modern kosher Pesach cookbooks out there. Mm -hmm. um, there was Spice and Spirit, which was definitely a staple. Um, but I think you were the, the first one to do the, the modern, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Pesach. Can you just give us some tips, some advice, any recipes, something you want to share with our listeners? So my advice for your listeners is to stop stressing, to keep very careful lists, 
keep make lists of your menus so that you don't then at the end throw in four extra side dishes because you forgot what else you already bought. Don't wander that aisle, or to, I don't know where you live, but where I live, it's one aisle. Don't wander that aisle without a list in your hand. The food is too expensive, and you know it's 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 too much of a hassle. The stuff's not returnable. Buy only what you need. Keep lists of what you're making. Know that you know if you add up all of the eggs. You know, I, I, the first year that I made Pesach, I bought two dozen eggs, and by the end of Pesach. I had kept track. I had used 90 eggs. I mean, I had made two seders for 25 people each, and then all the middle days. And so the next year, the next time I made Pesach, I knew I need 90 eggs. So I started off in Costco buying 90 eggs. I I knew that I had overbought, and I knew what brands of ketchup my family liked and didn't like, and I knew that they didn't like any of the cereals, and so ditch those this year because they're too expensive to buy to throw in the garbage. So the more detail you you are in your list keeping, the better off you'll be. Maybe not for this year, but certainly for the next time. But even for this year, because if you get your recipes, you, you take them out, you make your shopping lists so that you're consolidating. I need a half a cup of mayonnaise for this. I need half a cup of matzo meal for that. And you add it all together. Then you don't just go out and buy three boxes of potato starch. You know exactly how much you need so that you're being an intelligent shopper, both for the storage and the the finances and the stress level. And then also just keep in mind that on Pesach we're eating the way that we always want to be eating all year round. You want to be heavy on the protein and heavy on the vegetables. And really all that other stuff you may or may, you may, or may not choose, you know, t- t- to eat that way, but you don't have to stress over it. Right, right. And move, walk, drink water. And, and wine, of course, Jay, of course, of course wine. But lots of water. <laughs> Well, Jay, if you have your menus, then you also know what kind of wines you need because you can look at the ingredients in the recipes and then match your wines appropriately. You're inspiring me because as you're talking about how important the lists are, mm-hmm. I'm writing notes like tell people how much wine they need per the amount of people they're going to have and what right, kind that, of wines they need. That's a great tip. Because, you know, you know, as much as I'd love to sell people more wine than they can use, <laughs> the fact is, is that it's not inexpensive. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be planning... The only good thing about Pesach in terms of wine buying, even if you overbuy, is that it's not like fresh foods or cheeses or whatever that eventually go go bad. You can always use them. But the truth is, you you know, walk in understanding how much wine you need. And then if you want to buy extra so that it can be through Shvues or because it's on great sale, that's fine. But know what you're getting into. That's a great inspirational idea. But if you really are a wine person or want to be one or have guests coming who would appreciate good wines, take your recipes in with you to the wine stores, especially the kosher wine stores that really specialize in these wines. Show them what's in your recipes. Brilliant. Really different spices will um, will call out to, to different wines. I mean, Jay's going to speak to this, obviously, uh, in, in a much more eloquent way than I can, but... Different recipes, different meats, different proteins will call for different wines. So why not get things that enhance the actual foods that you're making? I love that, Susie. That is a brilliant idea. I never thought about taking my recipes to the wine store. I go to Chateau de Vin on Central Avenue. A shout out to them. Faye Elephant uh, is is amazing, and and her boss, like drawing a blank. You must know his name. Moshe Fink. There you go, Moshe Fink. A shout out to you. But they they know their stuff, and if you're in the Five Towns or wherever you live. That's a great idea, Susie. I love that. Jay, do you educate store owners as to what's in wines and what, absolutely, what they absolutely. You, you do? Absolutely. <laughs> I think you're I think you're right on the money. Not all stores are the kind of stores that, you know, that can respond to that. But many, if not Bottle King is not one. I mean, I'm sorry right. to, to try. Well, I, I don't know. Definitely I, I, the I, kosher stores. I won't address the specific stores, but mo- you know, most of the kosher stores, especially the Shoma Shabbos ones, they're are really into with it. The wines that right. they're, carrying. they're really into it. They know what people like. They, you know, that they, they'll get responses from their consumers after Shabbos. This went great with the cholent. Right. I'm not sure this went so well with the chicken that I had. You know, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And over time, they accumulate this knowledge and ask them to share it with you. Right. And and it'll be great. It'll really be great. <laughs> um, lovely, lovely. Um, Jay? Yes. How are you? I'm good. Okay, Susie, can you hear us? I can okay, hear you. Okay, great. Sorry, it just crackled. I couldn't hear. I'm sorry, Susie. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Have a happy Pesach, everybody. Thank you. Same to you. And Enjoy. with the new book, kiddo. Thank you. Can I ask, a, a, you know, it's, it's, it's none of my business, none of my business, but I'm just curious. 
how many books how many books over the years have uh have you have sold over half a million wow <laughs> Thanks for asking. so i'm allowed to ask okay good yeah that's amazing over half a, a million, half which a million is a tremendous books. number is by that, any i mean just think standard. about it you know the observant jewish community is i don't know uh you know, a million people, and that includes, you know, something like a million mm-hmm. people at most in America, and that includes men, women, and children. So if you sold a half a million, that's like crazy. I, I know, mean, right? it's unbelievable. Well, it definitely crosses. I mean, the next, my next four shows are not to Orthodox groups, um, conservative groups, reform groups. They they love this. They're, it's such a sense of pride for them. Uh, Pesach, in particular, is a, is is a very very well observed holiday. Right. Um, I think the statistic is more people observe Passover on some level. I mean, it could be bagels at their table, but they observe Passover on some level than any other holiday, including Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. Absolutely, that that is definitely the statistic, and really? I can tell you, I can tell you that that is reflected in the wines. Yeah, you see that. And your finances, too. That's cool. Excellent. And they love these books because they're not intimidating and they're not, you know, they're they're on everybody's level. Yeah. So So true. I wish you were with us to drink here, Susie. Me, too. I'll I'll, I'll lift a glass to you guys in a lachayim from my house. Meet you back back in Bayonne. We'll give you something to take home. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Susie Fishbein, joining us from her home in New Jersey. This one week countdown before Pesach. Jay Booksbaum in the house. It's always, isn't it so great to talk to her? I love her. She's great. She's She's got such enthusiasm, such excitement, like you'd think. You know, 16 years later, she started in 2000, approximately. Yeah, yeah. Starting to write this stuff. You'd think that, you know, she'd be a little bit out of gas. She's got more no, gas I than know. ever. She just, because she finds different projects and I'm, when, you know, to do this cooking program with her. When Susie this, calls this, you to do something with you, you run. You run. Camp. I ran to her. You know, I was about to say, why don't you include a wine component? And then I realized it's yeah. kids. Mm, they're no, under, it's kids. They're not under only are they under 21 or they're under they're 18. Like, like in Australia, you can drink at 18. In Israel, yeah, too. In, yeah, and eight, I think. You, if you can walk, you can drink in Israel. That's one <laughs> just told me. But, Jay, we've got... Half an hour to try all that wine. Well, I don't know if we're going to get to try all of them, but I brought them as a a kind of, you know, take a look, look. Okay. And we're going to try a a few. Okay. Let's just take a little picture of all the beautiful wines that Jay's brought to the studio today on this beautiful morning. We'll have a l'chaim for Pesach. Okay. What do we start off with? I'm going to let you start. Well, Well, you know, I brought a very group of wines from all over the world, Spain, Italy, California, uh, New York State, uh, France, um, etc. So the reason I and the reason I did that, and I also brought a, a total varied group of wines in terms of their alcohol, their color, uh, their heaviness or lighterness, you know, complexities, etc. And the reason I did that is because I want people to understand that. You know, even though I might love a ridiculously magnificent Cabernet from Chalk Hill, let me just take this off. You, That's you a beautiful, this, right? but it comes wrapped like that? Yeah, it comes wrapped Psh, like that. Is that a fancy one? Yeah, it's a real fancy one. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised excited. the Herzog let me get out of here, out of the office with it. Yeah, uh, taking it to Nachum Siegel's studio for yeah. Naomi Nachman to well, try. That's why, you know. But, you know, I might love this Chalk Hill Cabernet, which always runs out and where which is, always Where is, is Chalk out. Hill? Chalk Hill is in, is in uh, Sonoma County. California. It's a, it's a very special individual vineyard. It's their best wine. So even though I might like this like really rich Cabernet, somebody else might want a, you know, a lighter Concord type wine, and we have that as well. So, and, and other people will go for the Moscato. Which right. is fine too. Can you and drink white on? Can you drink that Moscato so, on on Seder night? So a lot of people, a lot of people. You know, I've asked this question a hundred times, and I've gotten several different answers. Okay, can you share some of the answers? Yes, and I ask will. your own rabbi. But exactly. You know, it's my disclaimer always. You know, whatever I say is what I heard from my rabbanim. But you know, ask your rabbi. I'm just Jay. But the answer rabbi is yes. Jay. What you should be drinking is. I've been told what you should be drinking is the wine you enjoy the most. So a lot of people, but a lot of people also say that it should be red. And so what a lot of people do, or some people do, is they'll drink their Moscato, but they'll add a little bit of grape juice in it. It doesn't really change the flavor, but it does change the color. It gives it a, a, a reddish hue. 
you know, an orangish reddish hue, whatever, pink hue, and uh, and so that but works why, too. But why red? Why does wine have to be red? For because because that's, no. that's what they used. That's what they used way back when, when the first wines were used. Okay, the they Seder. were always red. They were always red. Okay, um, but also, and I, and I'm glad you asked that question because I brought the Malvasia. Oh, love it. Now the Malvasia is Have kind it. of like the, you know, the red sister. To the Moscato. But you can't, can I just say, sure. you can't drink four of those. I'm going to tell you now, because I tried it one year. It gets too sweet. After like the two and a half cups, your brain just sugars out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so tr- try something too like that and too a drop drier than that if you like the sweet wine. Okay. I'm not okay. sure what that would be, but four of those is really sweet. So, so on the sweet end... All right, let, let's talk specifics, okay? So we'll give people uh, an idea. On the sweet end, you have all the Concord wines from Kedem, and you have ones that uh, start out at about 11% and go down to 3.5%. That's the Cream Malaga. That's or, my husband's the, favorite. And the Concord Cal, which are also 3 and 5%. And you have something in between, which is Cream Red, which is about 9%. Oh, that's um, 9? Yeah, it's a 9%. Oh. And you have Concord Natural, which I believe is 7%. So you have a whole range of really sweet wines at different alcohol levels that, you know, that lots of people prefer and, you know, use as traditional wines. Then you've got wines that are a little bit more in alcohol, not 3%, but 5% from Italy, the Moscatos, uh, from Baron Herzog. You have the Jeunesse wines. I love Jeunesse. And Jeunesse wine is a very big wine for There's Pesach. There's a big billboard in the five towns. Of Jeunesse wine. Yeah, we got a lot of, you know, you know what's great about the Jeunesse wines? They're serious wines. They're made out of Cabernet and Chardonnay, the, the whitish Chardonnay. There's a blend. There's a, 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 a black Muscat. So they're, oh, is that me? I'm sorry. It's, it's the background off. music to Table for Two today is Jay's phone. <laughs> That's okay. Shut this off. I apologize. That's all righty. Um, but, so Jeunesse is one of those wines that's semi-dry. And that can be drunk, even though it's red, the, the red jeunesse is Cabernet, so it can be drunk chilled, even though it is red. And like the uh, billboard says, not too sweet, not too dry, perfectly balanced. For those people who like a little sweeter, but can't really enjoy the Cabernets like I would. And then you have, and of course, this uh, Chalk Hill is 60 70 80 $90 sometimes, whereas the Baron Herzog Cabernet, all right, which is delicious and comes from their own, you know, well-managed vineyards in Paso Robles is around twelve dollars. So, California. Yeah, California. Okay. And then um, I chose some wines from. I, I chose a wine from Spain actually. It's from LV, but it's called Clomasora. And it's interesting. I, I was talking to Dr. Moises Cohen, who started LV and makes Clomasora, and in the cellars where he I guess, you know, accidentally started making it just because it was beautiful and it was a great place to grow wine and had great vineyards. He found a archway underground in the cellar with a chiseled out area with a mezuzah <gasps> where a mezuzah used to go. So they've been making wines there for a long time? They've been making wine since before the, um, what do you call it, the um, uh, Jews were uh, expelled from Spain. Before the Spanish Inquisition. Before the Spanish Inquisition, right. Nice. So, and that comes from that same area. Some of these wines come from vineyards that are over 100 years old, certainly 70, 80, which means the wines are more intense and rich and flavorful. Because the ground, the, the terroir, the soil is well, rich? It, it's No, because if you ever, as a kid, I'm sure we've talked about this, but as a kid, you know, if you want to know how old a tree is... You cut the rings. You cut the rings. Why? Cut because every year... There's a new bark that comes on the outside. Mm. So what that means is, and the fo- the foliage that comes out of that tree, as it gets older, is you know is kind of thinner because not or higher certainly because not as much water gets through. It's only that little centerpiece, and that's what happens to the grapes too. As the as the vines get older, they get thicker. The grapes that that result from that are tinier and more concentrated, and they're more flavorful and higher in alcohol usually because of that. Because they have higher sugars at harvest, and so that's why, yeah, that's what that's what makes that. And then, go ahead. I just want to take a little station break because we're sure. like halfway through the show, and I have not given a toot out to uh, 
and natural and kosher cheeses, and of course, our What's for Dinner segment. Uh, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Natural and Kosher Cheeses, when quality and flavor matter. I just want to do a little What's for Dinner segment. See, we're talking about all this yummy food, a yummy wine, and I want to do some yummy food, but I want to just focus on last week I spoke about cheeses for our What's for Dinner segment, so now I just want to talk about breakfast ideas sponsored by Gourmet Glut. Pesach breakfast are impossible. The cereal's not so good, right? The kids miss their cornflakes or rice bubbles. But I thought like for Pesach, for my family, I started either making like little mini cheesecakes, um, uh, omelettes, which is a great idea, and throw in some vegetables. You've had a heavy meal the night before. There's some egg white omelettes and some vegetables. Throw in some feta cheese by Natural and Kosher or some goat cheese. I'm a big goat cheese fan. But shakshuka is a great one. You can even do a quick... Uh, cheat shakshuka rather than making your own tomato sauce you can do some marinara sauce and throw in some quinoa and some spinach and then throw in your eggs to poach uh, within the sauce and another uh, great breakfast idea for Pesach is poach some eggs in the morning and serve it with some smoked salmon on the side that is a great breakfast a great start today packed with protein get you through all your cholamoid or your davening before uh uh, breakfast before davening uh, on, on Yontif, but, you know, make sure you get in a good breakfast. Um, so I just wanted to toss out those ideas. Um, we could even do a champagne cocktail for breakfast, right? There you go. On Yontif. After four sure. cups of wine, you're sure. going to wake up to a champagne breakfast. Why you know, not? Susie was talking about making a list. I might as well uh, inject what I thought would be a, a great, you know, kind of little guide for you all. What you should be looking at, if you're going to have 20 people at the Seder, let's, yeah. let's call it 20 adults for argument's sake, um, you should have each each you t- take the number of people. All okay, right? this is this is actually a great take the number great of thing people. To do. We've never done this before. Divided by five. Okay, so we've so got twenty people 20 divided people by five. Is is how much? Four. Four. Woo-hoo! That means you need four bottles for that night for that seder. Four bottles like this. I'm sorry. Excuse me. No, it can't. Excuse be. me. You need. And then multiply that times four, because it's four cups. Okay, so it's four bottles. It's 16 It's bottles. four bottles per round. It's Correct. four bottles a cost. Right. Okay, four bottles a cost. So it's 16 bottles. And what is the ounce size of a cost? I'm really bad at Well, that's a good question. Is that a, is it I think the smallest, the smallest, smallest, again, ask your local rabbi, is something like three ounces or 3.4 ounces. That's nothing. That's like that's, this. That's, that's very little. And actually... You can actually uh, go into your local kosher um, store. There's, there's one. There's a great one in Brooklyn. There's, you know, and ask them uh, glass size for glass size. That is the you know the minimum size. And now they're making them the minimum those minimum sizes. But oh, that's like in the paper goods stores. No, no, I'm talking about in like um, the bottles. Yeah, no, no, in the what do you call stores in the. Um, where you buy your dishes and where you oh, buy yeah, your... Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Like what, the Buzz. Yeah. The Buzz in Brooklyn has beautiful glasses right. and dishes. Give right. them a big shout-out. Right. So so those are the kinds of things, you know, that... And then multiply that time two nights. All right. We're up to 16 bottles for so the that's first... 32. 32 bottles. So that's about three cases. Based on 20 people. That's about three cases of wine. All right. Wow. And then I suggest you don't really need more than that for the rest of Yontif. That's based on 20 people, guys. Okay, that's a big crowd of adults. Right. And, again, you know, some people are going to use grape juice. Some people are going to, are kids that aren't going to drink wine at all. Uh, Some people won't finish their entire cup. You know, they'll kind of top it off. They'll only have half. But on the other hand, you will have some people that say, okay, it's now time for the meal. I need some wine for my dinner. So you're going to need extra wine for that. But as a rule, those are good rules. So you have four. Some people, I mean, my dad included. I'm not going to make fun of somebody. I know someone very close and personal will drink four cups of wine and then have wine in between each yeah. course. Yeah. And then, of course, you still have, you know, Friday night, Shabbos afternoon, Yontif the last days. There's, no raw, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, a nice glass or two of wine with your meal on Chalamoid. We actually spoke about this, how many glasses of liquid you have to drink in order to be healthy. Were, you were the one who told me this. Six how, many, how many milk? It's I, a certain amount of milk, certain amount of water, two had, glasses of wine. We probably had Beth Warren I mean, on the it was show. Like, it's like, you know, you have to have like 
28 glasses of liquids a day. To keep healthy. You know, I do not healthy, drink that. You know? Oh, and coffee. Oh, and coffee, right. We have to right. allow every now day. Now they're saying that's two to four cups of coffee is supposed to be like, you know. That's a lot of coffee. It's like really good for and you. And my Snapple. I love my Snapple. <laughs> so the first wine that I opened. Okay. Oh, what's this? This is this is from a winery called Tierra de Seta. Oh, that's in Italy. That's right. That and actually, olive oil there. And actually, this Tierra de Seta, this winery, is the only entirely kosher only winery in all of Europe. Cool. Who owns it? Um, I forget their names. But Mr. I, Tierra. Really wonderful pie- no, I want to. No. I want to go there. I, I've been to Italy and I missed out on going because I didn't know about it at the time. Look at the nice legs dripping on the side. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but Jay will explain it to us, as he has done many times before. So this wine is a relatively lighter wine. When I say relatively lighter, it's um, alcohol level, and it's and it's it's not mavushal. A lot of people are makbid on not having mavushal wine at the seder. Some people aren't, but be careful if you're going to have a kind of ecumenical seder, meaning you know all kinds of people coming. If you're not going to have Mavushal wine, another tip for you, make sure you keep it, you know, close to your hands so that, you know, nobody else picks it up and isn't then ruins it, it for isn't everybody Isn't it amazing else. out of, we have like halacha that guide us with wine. Like we have everything, right? Right. We are so guided in our lives by Ruch Hashem. Yeah. And like wine, like, you know, it's either kosher or not kosher. But even within that, wine's got its own halachot. And not only that, you know, a lot of people would say, well, that makes your life easy because you don't have to think. But it's on the contrary. Not only are we guided so that you don't have to think, but we're guided so that you have to think about every single thing that you do. And <clears throat> unlike other religions, our religions, our religion encourage you to find out why. You know, by, and I just uh, spoke to some very close friends who are Catholics, and they said, no, no. In the Catholic religion, they say, you, you have a question don't even ask. Leave it to the nuns. Leave it to the priests. You know. In our religion, it's just the opposite. Question. You have a question. Come on. Question. Question. I don't hear any questions. Well, that's what the it's The rabbi about. goes into the class and he goes, I don't hear any questions, guys. The, you fee- know? the four questions. Exactly. Manish Tana. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we, should we have a... Everyone put your nose in there. Ah, Ooh, okay. Wow. Beautiful nose. A lot of aromas. A lot Ooh, of aromas. My nose is tickling. <laughs> And you're talking about you're talking about the legs. You see how many legs it's got? Okay, what is driplets? These driplets coming down the sides of the glass. These driplets tell you how thick and rich and complex the wine will be in the mouth, texture-wise. Okay, Okay. we don't know how it's going to taste flavor-wise yet, but we're going to do that. Do we have a? a, Let me get an. What would you like? I have empty cup. I have two cases of glasses from the Kosher Food and Wine Show. This is my collection from you from over the years. Okay. Okay, I have two cases now. Okay, I have to make a bracha. Baruch That's Jay slushing, not me. Don't think me rude. This is very dry. Very dry. Very dry. And actually, tell me if you feel what I feel here. The tannins on your gums. Very hot on my tongue. This wine, this wine should be open for at least a couple of hours before you, you drink it. <laughs> it's really dry. Oh, my God. All right, now let's go. Like all up here. The tongue and your gums. That's really weird. Okay. And here's a wine. The next wine I'm going to open for you. Okay, we need like a a, a dumping cup. Here, you can use this one. Okay. Was that too dry for you, Jay? I think it needs to open up, yeah. Yeah, let's dump dump that in here. ZK and I are dumping our wine. I have like literally two cases of glasses. So this wine... That wine is a very well-regarded wine and very highly rated wine, but it is too it is too youthful right now, and I think it needs to open up, and so you should open it up before for a couple the of hours. The is still like working through that. Okay, I and love here's here's this rashi it? Is it claret. Claret, it's not claret. No, it's claret. It's actually you have to pronounce the t. Claret. Even the French and the English pronounce it pronounce it with the T. And this claret is a semi-sweet red wine. It's primarily made from Cabernet Sauvignon. I like that one. And it's not expensive. It's about 10 bucks. I see you put orange muscat in the back there. I sure did. Ooh, Let's ooh. get a little rinse. Okay, what go. do I do with this? I just rinse just it? Just rinse it and dump it in that Okay, ZK, give cup. us a cup. Would you mind? I'm, du- I'm dumping. I'm dumping. Yeah. 
Right, that's yours. ZK, give me yours. So we're going to take care of everyone here. I think he needs a little rinsing first. Okay, ZK, I'm going to rinse and then I'm going to rinse it for you. Can you explain what the rinsing does there? Yeah, it, it clar clarifies the wine. This is only 10.5% alcohol. Oh, it's only 10.5%. As 10 opposed to what we just had, which was 14% alcohol. Oh, God, that was the weirdest one I ever had, I've got to tell you. <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of those guys. Tierra. Tierra Their olive oil was outrageous, <sighs> by the way. Now, this one, you can actually smell the one. cherries on it. You know, yeah, you my, this is good. I've had this many times. Blackberries, cherries, or, mm. or red it's raspberries. Not, not black raspberries, but more like red raspberries. How long do we have to swirl for? As long as or as little as you'd like. Ah, that's a good one. Okay, mm. ZK, I'm watching. That's a spit one. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jay, are you going to spit? Mm -hmm. Well, Jay's going to spit. For those of you watching us, I'll block the camera. No, <laughs> it's actually polite or it's something. Not, it's not impolite. Let's put it that way. It's nice and fruity. It's nice, it's and, nice fruity. and fruity, but it's also got some tannins. Do you, do you feel that? A little. Yeah, you feel a little, not like the last one, but you feel it a little bit on your gums, which means it's a serious wine. But it's a serious wine with a little sweetness to it so that everybody can enjoy it. This is my, and my kind. And it's far lighter in alcohol than your 12 or 13 or 15 percent alcohol wines. Cool. We're going to open up. I don't know how much how much time do we have. Oh, we have plenty of time. We have 14 and a half minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. ZK is the best engineer. He keeps me timed I'm right. I'm going to pick a wine. Oh, I've never seen that. One of my favorites. Flam. Flam. Now, Flam comes from an area. I just got a call from a retailer who is Jewish, but very, very big retailer out in the Midwest and in the South and in, the, you know, in other areas of the country that have many chain stores. And he said to me, Jay, I want you to give me wines from uh, Yehuda and Shomron. And awesome. I want to put big signs up. And remember, this is not a religious man. I want to put big signs up. This is our position on, uh, this is our position on BDS. Awesome. I love it. We sell Yehuda and Shomron wines from Israel. It's not only BDS, it's, it's, which is against Israel. It's, it's the settlements that they're supporting. Well, which that's, is, that's what I'm saying. I so, love it. So this wine, fortunately or unfortunately, does not come from the settlements, but it comes from Hari Yehuda, love which it. is a, you know, an area that is adjacent to Yehuda and Shemron. And um, this is called Flam Classico. I, I haven't seen you in a while, Jay, but um, I went to Shiloh Winery. Oh, you did? Oh, my God. Amichai took such good care of us. He gave us, like... Do you know that Amichai is leaving today? Oh, he's he, he, was, been, he was in town. He's been here for this... Ho he's since been the, here since, since the like wine month. show? Yeah. Oh, took, he took two weeks vacation with his wife. Oh, okay, good. Which he deserves. He deserves. He works so hard. God, but we went to the so winery, hard. and he, we had wine out of the barrels, which he sucked out. Oh, with yeah? It. it was amazing. We had such a good time. And one of your crew was there. Adam was there? Adam, sure. Adam was with us. Um, we just happened to have seen him there. And and um, someone from the who lives in Nachashmonim, I can't remember his name. Okay. Uh, he also sells wine and makes wine in Israel. So ah, okay. We had a great time. Let's let's. Uh, okay. No, give me give me that. Oh, dump. okay. We're dumping. We're, we're dumping. Dumping and we're rinsing. Dump and rinse. Dump and rinse. This is fun on table for two right here. Let's take this on the lower side. There. One week before that. Pesach, we're having our wine education. Okay. Dump that. Oh, ZK's Rinse. really into it. Now, this is, we're going back now to a drier wine. Probably, I hopefully, not as tannic. Much more consumable. No more, no more tannins. No more tannins. This is a 13. Did you bring any white? Oh, you did. You bought the Muscat. Okay, thank yeah. God. <laughs> I bought also the Bartonura Moscato. Oh, yeah, beauty. See, okay. this smells great, too. In a different way. Too dry for you? Oh my God, my tongue has been stripped from tannins. No, this is this is nice to me. Okay. This is really okay. I'm gonna. How high the alcohol? What? How high is the alcohol? Is? The alcohol on this is thirteen and a half. Are we gonna? Is ZK gonna be so able to drive quite, home? Quite a bit higher than what you <laughs> just tasted. Don't get drunk on me. We gotta oh, end the show the in like eleven minutes. You can tell by the smell, you know. <laughs> uh yeah, that was a bit too high in tannins for me. All right. Well, I love it. I think it's great. It's also got great legs, too. 
Yeah, I can see it. Like it's rich. So the faster it goes down, the maybe no, the not more as legs, rich. The more legs. The more yes, legs. Yes, the it's faster not, it goes down is not as rich. Not the as rich. The longer it takes and the more legs it has, you know what? It means the thicker. A it really is. popular red wine, and maybe this is something that's um, uh, sweet and dry at the same time. That's maybe after you've had two mil vasias, you can have the, the zamora. Zamora, yeah. It's sweet, but it's dry red wine at the same time. Also, great people. Oh, you know what I did this I'm year? I'm obsessed with that wine. You know what I did this year? What did you do? This was fantastic. Okay. I was, I was a couple of weeks ago for Purim. For the first time in my life, I was in Israel. Oh, really? I went. <gasps> I, I had two Purims oh. because I did Purim with, in Hashmonaim with Adam. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Lots of fun. Okay. And then the next day, I went to my cousin Ellie Mayer Scheinemann in, in, in Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim. And my I had another Purim. And. I went to five different suitors. I love it. Five different suitors. Did you walk a straight line? Was Brenda with you? No. Oh. I was all alone. Oh. Which uh, well, you were, with, you were never alone when you were in Israel. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, my daughter but was in Israel really for Purim. Nice. She thought it was so weird. You know, it's really nice. What's really nice, and for me, this is a lesson about Jews and especially about Israel. You know, Saturday night before I left after Purim, I was leaving Sunday morning. I was invited to a what they call an after Purim party in Tel Aviv. Mazel. An after Purim party in Tel Aviv. It was a it was a fundraiser. Okay. And they had like these great pop stars from Israel, these great Israeli pop stars, and Afachad, except for me, were wearing a yarmulke. Right. It was completely secular. Okay. Yet they're all celebrating Purim, and they had been for a week. My point is, and I told this to the guy who invited me, uh, and by the way, the entire thing was kosher under Rabbanut, you know, you can, make, great. I you can decide whether, you know, whether you want Everyone wanna, should make the decisions for themselves. themselves. But the point is that in America, where it's not dissimilar to Israel, where 70% or more of the Jewish population is not affiliated or not, or secular, okay, if you're secular in America, God forbid... You often have a Christmas tree on Christmas, you know. But in Israel, everybody, secular or non, celebrates every holiday. Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot, Purim, Pesach, even Friday nights, even if it's dinner with the family. Right. And lighting candles and making and make-believe Kiddush or whatever. I'm not, saying, I'm not advocating that. All I'm right. saying is that it's a really coming, you know, it, you don't see that anywhere else in the world. Whether it's in Europe or it's in South America, which I go to quite often, you don't see that anywhere else in the world. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I will tell you one Torah that I heard, I think I heard Please. from Feish Herzog, about the Seder, since it's only a week away. How many, what, what, are, the name, what are the sons that we have at the table? Chacham. Right. Rasha. Right. Um, okay. Tom. Tom and Lishol. Okay, it's been it's been actually over a year because last <laughs> year Pesach was fifty now, four weeks now, ago. Now, what if you had the Seder with only three of them in the in the story? Would you really have a Seder? Not really. You'd be missing one of them, right? Right. That is the message. The message is even the Russia needs to be unified with us. Needs to be sitting with us. Why? Even the Russia, because we're an inclusive religion we're not the kinds that shun away even the russia we invite the russia to join us and that's really the message i think that pesach is at least in that respect for all of us that you know uh, i i know at my seder thank god we have you know a couple of weirdos i love <laughs> you know? it you're we have a couple of weirdos invite. you're supposed to invite right. when i you lived know? on the lower east side i'm telling you it was well, Dickman, you know, right, my husband brought home some guys from shul who, from NYU, who had no Seder. Right. Now there's Chabad, they take well, care of I learned that it. from my, my mom and dad, but, you know, I used to pick up people all the time when I was a kid at the Young Israel in, in Brooklyn, which is, was in Williamsburg. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. But uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is you have to have the Chacham, and you have to have the Tam, and you have to have the and you even have to have the Russia unified with you at the table. Even if it's going to be a little uncomfortable, he's Jewish too, and he belongs with you. I love that. And I think That's it's a beautiful, beautiful message. That's a beautiful yeah. message. Okay. All right. Well, we've got about five and a half minutes. What can you right. share with us in let's, five and a half minutes? Let's. Um, we have Jay Booksbaum here. He's giving us a wine education, some Divrei Torah, 
something beautiful that we're sharing. We have Jay on every year. I know year. you love this wine, so I'm going to open this one. Oh, wine. yummy. Mark Somick has just walked into the studio on this lovely morning. Come and have I a little know with when, us. I want to know, Mark, when you're inviting me back for a barbecue. That's what I uh, want. We had the best time last year at the stunt after the wedding. But after both Mazel of our tov. weddings. Mazel tov. How are you, Mark? He probably needs a lachaim. Baruch Hashem. How are you? Did you know that we were going to be here? Um, I knew you were going to be here, but I did not know there was going to be wine. Oh, uh, yeah. You should always know there's great food and wine on table you know what the You know what a, a Jewish woman's favorite wine is, don't you? What? Uh, I want to go to Florida. Oh, that's cute. That's um, old. We have more, where are our glasses? Yeah, right here. Yeah, but I'm new Whatever in America. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that one? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, but I want a new glass, too. There's a too. whole series of those. What, the Jap jokes? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. what do you make for dinner reservations? Yep. Yeah, not in our house. We love to We love to cook. Oh, yeah, we also love to go well, out I, to eat. Yeah, come on. You love to go out to eat, too. Okay. Yeah, you dump that You dump me? that. I'm, I wanted a new glass. Okay, you're going to have a little of this. We have some gross glasses over here. Some have got, like, some but nasty stuff. can engineer and drink at the same time. Yes, he can. I have trained him so well. <laughs> right, CK? Okay. What's he's the a, legal limit on engineering? He's, he's a little drunk. Yeah, also, good. people ask he's me. Look at people ask me all the time which wines because they're diabetics, and I'm going to do this yeah. with Nachum in the morning, right before Yantif. Uh, but people ask me all the time what we get these questions. Uh, what wine has the least amount of sugar? Well, first of all, when you do this with Nachum right before Yantif, yeah. you're in competition with Larry Irani Birnbaum, whatever they decide to bring to the studio, then you're in no big trouble. <laughs> okay, go on. We what what uh, what wines? You know, have the least amount of sugar sometimes because people can't handle sugar because of diabetes. Diabetes, or you know, and the answer is you got to ask your doctor because alcohol is the is the transference of sugar, so that could also affect you. So I just want to point that out. But the least amount of wine, least amount of sugar, are wines that are dry, completely dry. Like okay? the Tierra de Seta, the which like, like the Tierra de Seta, like the Flam Classico, like the Baron Herzog Cabernet, like the Clos Masora. You know, etc. So this is the orange muscat. This is my favorite. I happen to know that Nachum also loves this one, but it's really. But you know what? Cold, I'm chilled. really amazed. Have it chilled. That Nachum is starting to actually like dry wines as well. Really? That's Miriam's influence, I'm sure. Amen. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Yeah. I spit before. Oh, now he's drinking. Right. Got to only make the bracha if you're not spitting. That's so interesting. Right, of course. You okay. can't. I mean, if you're not going to swallow it, you don't, you know, make right. the bracha. Right. Yeah, it's never actually a bracha levatala. I've never actually spat my wine out because I'm Australian. Why would you spit wine? <laughs> okay. So well, if you're going to, you know, this Friday, I mean, this Friday, a couple Fridays ago, we had a tasting of new wines. Isn't that delicious? I love this. But it should be much colder. What's yes, nice about yes. this, even though it's sweet, it's got, you know, lively acidity to it. It's got kind of like a Almost a little lemony juiciness to it, right? I love it. Isn't that great? Stands up, kind of balances it out. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that orange, that orange muscat. I also happen to like so, the black muscat. You know, when finish up, Susie finish up. up, Susie was talking about telling your uh, wine, your wine seicher, what kind of foods you're going to have. But you also have to keep in mind not only what kind of foods you're going to have, but what kind of people you're going to have at the at the uh, at the seder. Because some people, and, and you know who they are, some people are only going to like sweet wine, some people are only going to like dry wine. So think about both what, the go, what food goes, what wine goes with the food, and also about what kind of people you're having. Right. Have, have, have the sweet stuff, have the dry stuff. It's not going bad, it's wine. That's right. That's the nice thing. You can extra buy. By the way, everybody's got crazy sales. Go, go, go. Get it now. Because next week or the week after, all those sales are going to be gone. Right. And, and uh, now I, it's time to stock up. You know up. what I, I love? That you know, I live in a big Jewish community and I have a wine store around the corner. We, I mentioned uh, Chateau de Vin on Central Avenue. Great. But... If you do live out of town and you don't have access to all these amazing kosher wines, kosherwines.com. Um, my friend Yosef Silva runs it. You can get some wine um, from him and they ship it, drop ship it straight to your house. It's fantastic. Very reasonable price. They've signed up for their emails. They've always got great sales. So if you live in a neighborhood that does not have, you know, we have listeners in South Carolina. I don't know how many kosher liquor stores they have near there. Not many. Yeah, so uh, it's really nice. Yeah, and, and in New York and New Jersey, you don't really need that kind of service but um you know places like carolina and minnesota but right right and you know i i've i've actually i've actually um called up you know sometimes it's hard to park in in, in busy season in, in jewish neighborhoods i've actually called up placed my order over the phone pull up and they will load your car for you at right. chateau de vim right there you go you know or wherever you you're shopping 
This has been a very exciting show. We had a guest with us. Mark Zomick just popped in the studio this morning. So thanks for thanks coming back. We'll let you know when our next wine show is. Jay Bookspam in the house sharing some fantastic wines. And, of course, we had the amazingly super, tent, super talented Susie Fishbein on the show talking about her amazing cookbooks. I just want to wish everyone a Chag Sameach. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. This is going to be our last uh, have a live great time at the hotel. Show. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, and everyone should have a great Chag Kasher for Pesach Sameach. And we'll see you back in May for some brand new shows coming up right here on the Nacham Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Quality by Natural and Kosher, where quality and flavor matter. We've got music up until Lechbenching, sponsored by our friends at Kerem. Yes! Chag Sameach! Mwah!